The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us today on Truth and Love Radio. Pastor Sharam Hadian here with you. And we're going to jump in right away into our show today. This is part three of our show uh, titled, Will Social Justice Pastors Help Defeat Donald Trump in 2020? And also, really, to take control of the entire government. Uh, folks, uh, on the last two programs, we covered a lot of ground. And I want to jump back into something that I was touching on last week. Um, or I should say last program, and that is that um, uh, this movement that you see happening, uh, there's a new article actually I want to bring to your attention that I just covered today with uh, Brandon House on Worldview Weekend. So I thought I'd jump into this, uh, start with this article first, and then jump into we talked about um, how, how quote-unquote Christian groups are launching these efforts to try to oppose Re- Republicans and oppose specifically Donald Trump in um, in 2020, so uh, the article is actually uh, uh, surrounding, and here's the title of it. Let, let me cover this first: Christian group warns against the rise of Christian nationalism, and so this quote unquote Christian group, um, and I'm going to just read a little bit of the article for you here, so you get a, a kind of taste of it. A group formed by Christian leaders is warning against the rise of quote Christian nationalism saying the merging of Christian and American identities poses a threat to U.S. democracy and religious communities. Wow. So if we as Christians, right, I said to you in the other programs that we have a situation where uh, of, of the 80% of white evangelicals have voted for, for Donald Trump, uh, many of them are voting for biblical issues. They're voting because of the issues of abortion, Marriage, national sovereignty, uh, border. Yes, maybe there's some economic reasons there, but, uh, number one fundamental question is, do we believe that God gave us Donald Trump that allowed Trump to be in office at this time to give this nation more time, to give this nation a reprieve? And so, uh, I want to be very clear that I don't, there are things that President Trump has done that I don't agree with. There are things that he said that I certainly don't agree with. Um, there are things that at times he stood for. You know, you, you look at the issue, for example, of him moving the embassy, the, the, the uh, U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I believe that that's an incredible move, an incredible prophetic event. But there's also things that they're working on with his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, uh, on, on the so-called peace plan that I don't agree with because there is not going to be uh, a two-state solution. There will never be a two-state solution because we know that the Arabs who are claiming to be Palestinians will never agree to that. They want the land of Israel from the river to the sea. They claim Palestine will be free. Um, statements that he's made. Um, I think in his latest rally, he had uh, he used the Lord's name in vain. So there's things that, you know, it, it, we are not giving this president or Republicans a carte blanche pass. Again, I've been as vocal about Republican leadership, both in the state of Washington here, when I ran for governor in 2012, as well as nationally. Uh, I think Paul Ryan was a disgrace to the Republican Party. I think that he uh, uh, is nothing but a globalist. 
And so we fight these issues based on a biblical worldview, not based on Republican, Democrat, or party politics. So for there to be this movement of social justice pastors that we've covered in the last uh, two shows, uh, Doug Paget from Minnesota, the Vote Common Good movement that I'll talk about later, uh, Tim Keller from the Gospel Coalition, Russell Moore, Southern Baptist Convention, uh, J.D. Greer, you look at um, uh, David Platt, and we'll cover his prayer, uh, his uh, so-called, really, uh, I think, disgraceful in one sense, prayer over President Trump when President Trump visited his church. These individuals are working as social justice pastors, social justice warriors, to undermine support using the argument that we, we as in Christians who want to vote biblically, who want to support candidates because we believe they're going to stand on biblical issues, on a biblical worldview, if we believe that Donald Trump is being used by God to give us time in this nation so that we do not fall to socialism, we do not fall to globalism, we do not um, implode. If we believe those things, it is because we believe that it is time for the church to arise, not because, and I think I said this at the, at the end of the last program, not because I believe Donald Trump is going to be the savior of America or the savior of the church. The only thing that's going to save America is the gospel. The only thing that's going to turn America around is the gospel of Jesus Christ, meaning not governmentally the gospel. I mean in the hearts of people that we have to once again get into the streets, preach the word of God, engage the floods that I mentioned that are coming in, and bring the gospel to bear on the hearts of individuals. If the hearts of individuals are changed, then their worldview changes. If the hearts of leaders are changed, then their voting and their legislation and their worldview changes. If the hearts of our judges are changed, then they're going to... Uh, judge, you know, righteously versus unrighteously. I'm not talking about governmentalizing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about legalizing the gospel. We're not talking about a Christian theocracy. We cannot advocate for a Christian theocracy. Only Christ will rule and reign by a theocracy when he returns. So we are a constitutional republic. But as a Christian, if I care about my nation, if I care about sovereignty, if I care about my community, if I pray that America would see revival, if I recognize that we were based upon and founded upon a Judeo-Christian foundation, if we recognize, as I've taught from the pulpit over the last number of weeks, that the Ten Commandments were foundational in the structure of our laws, in the morality of our government until they were kicked out, then that is not Christian, Christian nationalism. And, and when they bring the, the term nationalism up, they're trying to make it out like Hitler because of national socialism. They're basically saying that we are like Hitler, that we want some sort of white supremacy, white privilege entity. And so who's pushing this narrative? It is David Platt from his pulpit when he talks about the fact that, um, that, that the white churches are inherently racist if they perpetuate their whiteness. It is the likes of Russell Moore and Tim Keller who have, who actively work to organize groups to come against President Trump. Again, I read through some of the headlines. Dozens of evangelical leaders meet to discuss how Trump era has unleashed grotesque caricature of their faith. This was April 16 of 2018. So when we see the, uh, this article 
that there are these so-called Christian leaders. By the way, these are not, these are all social justice warriors. These are all the social justice uh, folks. L- let me go through a list from their website. Actually, let me first finish the rest of this, the article and then we'll go to the website. I, I want to say to you that I'm deeply concerned for the elections. Because if we hand over this nation to these Democrats, these socialists, America's gone, folks. Your freedoms are gone. It's not a privilege. It's a God-given freedom. The right of free speech, the right of freedom of religion, the right of your conscience, the right of your marriage, the, the right of your raising your children and training them in the ways of the Lord, the right for the church to be free to preach the gospel. These are not privileges. They are rights that God has enshrined, that God has allowed us to have, the right of self-defense. Is it is it is it your right to defend your life? Unless God says lay it down, absolutely. Unless God has told you you're going to die as a martyr, absolutely. So again, I want to be very clear. I'm not advocating for politicizing the gospel of Jesus Christ, governmentalizing in any way. But the gospel must be preached and we must be salt and light. And it's amazing, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. I said it on, on radio with Brandon today that the very social justice pastors like Doug Padgett and Russell Moore, Tim Keller, John Piper, the very guys, Platt, that are advocating for these socialistic ideas from their pulpits and believing that we should flip Congress, we should flip the, 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 the presidency. These are the f- very same individuals that are engaging in interfaith dialogue and ecumenicalism and syncretism. These are the same individuals that are endorsing the LGBTQ agenda, trying to becoming to be becoming an affirming church. These are the same individuals that will say we have white privilege. These are the same individuals that have corrupted the gospel for they are not preaching the true gospel. And interesting enough that when you hear their view of what should be stood for politically, they are politicizing their social gospel. They want a social justice utopia. And they're using Christianity as the vehicle. And many are falling for it. Many, many, many are falling for it. You may have already heard the story of Joshua Harris, the homeschool activist pastor who has now left his wife and by his own statement saying that he is no longer a Christian. He's fallen away from Christianity. Why? We cover this with Brandon today on the radio again. That is because they've sat under the teachings of the social justice warriors. So the article goes on to say, As Christians, we are bound to Christ not by citizenship, but by faith. Okay, I agree. First and foremost, we're bound by Christ, but do we not also have a duty and responsibility to the civil authority? As Christians in a nation, if God is sovereign and God is a God of nations, then as Christians, we have a right and a duty to our civil authority, to our civil uh, responsibility and holding civil authority accountable to the laws of God. 
That's why John the Baptist um, rebuked the incestuous relationship of Herod. Of course, he lost his life for it. That's why Esther went up against um, the Persian king and was willing to lose her life to defend the Jewish people. That's why Daniel was willing to go into the lion's den in order to, to not bow down to the governmental system. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to go into the fiery furnace. That's why the handmaidens who were, were not willing to kill Moses, they, they refused an order from Pharaoh because they had to obey God. We are called to obey God rather than man when God's laws violate man, uh, when man's laws violate God's laws. So we are not citizens of America first. We are citizens of heaven. I agree. But we must also be salt and light into our culture. When babies are being massacred, when we've had the greatest Holocaust in human history, Happening last year, abortion was the number one killer of human beings around the planet, over 45 million children. This nation, America, has butchered over 66 million children. The blood is crying out from the land. Is that not a biblical moral issue? Does the gospel not reach that? When Joshua Harris came out in his statement saying that I've renounced Christianity, he also apologized to the LGBTQ plus community saying that I'm sorry for my teachings and sorry for not affirming marriage equality and sorry for not, uh, you know, uh, uh, standing with you. You see, this is what I've said from the pulpit that when, when pastors like Andy Stanley talk about removing the Ten Commandments, what they're doing is they're trying to normalize the, the open door for being homosexual affirming, LGBTQ transgender affirming. They want to affirm all, all forms of sexual immorality because that's what's destroying the church. That's what's destroying the souls and the hearts and minds of our young people. Let me go on and keep reading this. Now watch this next statement. I just said to you that the very people that are in the gospel coalition that are working to undermine President Trump, the social justice pastors, the very social justice pastors, in my opinion, like James White, even though he denies that he's a social justice uh, guru, I think he's doing the same thing. The very people like Doug Padgett and others, the emergent church folks, they are also involved in syncretism. They are also involved in ecumenicalism and compromising the true gospel. Now watch this. Quote, whether we worship at a church, mosque, synagogue, or temple, America has no second-class faiths. All are equal under the U.S. Constitution. Really? Really? Because first of all, we were a Christian nation founded on Christian principles. We were not a Christian theocracy, but there were Christian principles at play. Number two, not all are equal under the Constitution. Because if you, like for example in Islam, have a law that is Sharia, that is antithetical to our Constitution, then I'm sorry, you're not equal under the U.S. Constitution. You're equal to come here. You're equal to privately practice your faith as long as it does not violate the Constitution of the United States and the laws, therefore, that are from that Constitution. Not man-made laws that are against the Constitution and against the laws of God, but those that are with aligned with the laws of God and our Constitution and our Declaration. 
So this statement was endorsed by at least 17 Christian leaders from various churches and organizations. The leaders state, quote, Christian nationalism seeks to bind Christianity and American citizenship in a way that provides cover for white supremacy and racial subjugation. There you go. There is social justice again. How many times can I say to you and warn you? They are the ones who are racially dividing. They are the ones who are pushing white supremacy notion. They are the ones who are subjugating white people now in this cesspool of identity politics. This is what we're talking about. And so I I don't know what to say other than wake up, church. <laughs> they go on to say, um, Christian nationalism demands Christianity be privileged by the state. Privileged by the state? There would be no state if there was not for Christianity. Folks, there would be no America if it wasn't for 29 pastors of the 56 signers of the Declaration. There would be no America. They wouldn't have broken off if it wasn't for the Black Robe Regiment pastors, the Christian pastors who said, we cannot obey the king. We must obey God. There would have been no America. If it wasn't for the moral teachings of the Ten Commandments, there would have been no system of law that we've had that has made us the freest nation in the history of the world. And so these individuals are nothing but wolves. As I said last program, I'm not going to call them pastors or Christian leaders. They are nothing but hirelings and wolves. Let me go to their website real quick and share with you some of the people that are on it. Reverend Paul Baxley, Executive Coordinator, Baptist Fellowship. The Church of Jesus Christ exists by the power that parted the Red Sea and raised Jesus from the dead, and that power and authority is still at work within us and among us, even as empires rise and fall. To suggest that the church needs the protection of the state in order to flourish and thrive is idolatrous. Nobody said that the church needs the protection of the state. We said the church needs to influence the state. The church needs to be activist in regarding to bringing salt and light and God's worldview to the state because we are to keep the civil authorities uh, subject to the laws of God. If we are not the moral conscience of the nation, who is? These people have no problem letting America fall, yet they, all their solutions, are governmental. Isn't it amazing? They claim we are the ones who want government protection, government privilege, yet what they want is for government to step in and do what they want. Here's here's the next person on their list. Sister Simone Campbell, Executive Director, Network Lobby for Catholic Social Justice. Quote, Christian nationalism comes from a place of insecurity and fear. Jesus said we should fear not. Christian nationalism rejects Christ's teachings and manipulates our faith to deny the inherent dignity of every person. Additionally, in our pluralistic society where we meet uh, is the constitutional vision, we the people. Really? We the people? Yes, it's we the people, but we believe that we the people are subject to the laws of this nation, to the laws of the nation. By the way, we were never a pluralistic society as our founding. The separation of church and state concept, which is not in the Constitution anywhere, was the concept, the letter that Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist was that we cannot be a denominational state. 
There was no question that Christianity was the foundation of our nation. We were never, uh, the founders never believed that all religions are equal under our government, that we should be governed by all religions or no religion. Yes, someone can come to America and be a, be a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim and privately practice their, their faith, their belief system. But when their system like Islam is a political system, when we've demonstrated time and time again, when I, by the way, I saw this firsthand in Iran, right? Sharia took over Iran. My mind, birth nation is governed by Sharia law. It is not just a private religion. It is a political ideology. Therefore, we are not pluralistic if you want to impose your right. It's funny, the picture they use of her um, is standing in front of a, uh, a, a crowd that says social security. Women resist Trump's billionaire giveaway. So she's in front of an audience. The picture they use on the website of this woman it says not one penny in tax cuts for the rich. So she is advocating for political solutions that is pushing socialism and not capitalism. Individual responsibility. The idea of capital, the idea of commerce, the idea of, 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 of wealth building because those who are wealthy typically uh, will pour more money. Not, I, I, now, greed corrupts. Yes, right? Greed can corrupt. Power can corrupt. <clears throat> but she's standing, resisting the president, calling for socialism, social security, socialism. The government should take care of everybody. What is that, folks? That's socialism. Who else on this list? Tony Campolo, the founder of the Red Letter Christian Movement. He's He's on this thing. Patrick Carolyn, Executive Director, Franciscan Action Network. Um, the Most Reverend Michael B. Curry, Presiding Bishop and Primate, Primate, the Episcopal Church. Uh, Paula Dempsey, Director of Partner Relations Alliance of Baptists. Reverend Dr. John C. Dorhauer, General Ministers and President, United Church of Christ. These are all social justice movements. Reverend Elizabeth Eaton, President, Presiding Bishop, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, the ELCA, right? The church that I've warned you about that has gone fully apostate. She says in her quote, Christian nationalism identifies a human government with God's will and seeks privilege for Christians from the state. Lutherans teach that government should be held accountable to God, but not ever identified with God's will. What? Are you saying that God does not use government for his will? Are you saying that it is not God who created the system of, of civil authority? God used governments and nations for his will, both for good and for punishment. When Israel was in rebellion, God used foreign nations to punish it. If we are in rebellion to God, God will allow persecution from government. If we do not uh, uh, repent. Yes, Christians should hold government accountable. But these individuals, folks, want to hold government accountable to their view of socialism. They want to build a socialistic utopia, social justice utopia. That's why Trump is in their way. That's why conservatives would be in their way. Conservative Christians are in their way. 
So what are they going to do? Like Doug Padgett, get them to vote Democrat. Vote Democrat with us. Because that identifies. By the way, I've told you time and time again, the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, is the number one group that has made my life miserable when I go and, and speak and, and, and try to warn about interfaith and ecumenicalism. And and um, I don't have time on this show, but again, I'll, I'll cover it again on the next show, that, that these ELCA pastors, quote-unquote pastors or hirelings, as I covered before, are the ones who are the, are trying to shut down our events, boycott us, protest us. They call us liars. They call me a hater. Uh, on and on and on. And so we're going to listen to these individuals. And then one more I want to cover on this list for you all the way down at the very, very end is, here we go. Where is it? Ah, Jim Wallace, president and founder of Sojourners. Folks, Look at this. Nationalism, this is his quote, nationalism is not just a love for country, rather it pits the power of one nation against others. That's not what nationalism is. Nationalism means you believe that God is sovereign over a nation. Now, yes, there are other definitions of nationalism. We're not talking about Hitler's definition of nationalism. We're not talking about white supremacy. This is their race baiting. This is their, this is their division strategy. He goes on to say, often with ideologies of racial superiority. And has led to the worst violence in human history. There is no Christian nationalism. Nationalism is unchristian. So it's unchristian to believe in sovereignty. No, it's not. Read Acts 17. Read Acts 17, 24 to 26. I'll cover it on the show when we come back next time. But these individuals like, and Jim Wallace is not a Christian. Jim Wallace is an apostate. He's the head of, of, he's right up there with the emergent church movement. So, folks, these individuals, along with, again, the likes of Paget and Keller and Russell Moore and Tim and, 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 uh, uh, David Platt, they are working to undermine. So, can they defeat Trump in 2020? Absolutely. If we don't get out and biblically vote, vote a biblical worldview, the best candidate, the candidate that most aligns with a biblical worldview. I'm not advocating for one party or another as far as who to vote for, but we will expose the platforms. And I don't know how any Bible-believing Christian can vote for a Democrat platform. So pray. Please pray. we got to pray because I believe that if God is using Trump as a just a, just a, a window of reprieve, to give us a chance to turn, to give us a chance for potential revival. What we see happening in Spokane here is incredible with the Church of Planned Parenthood, with now a potential church at the city hall. Christians are awakening. The churches are rising, but we need more time. If these guys get their way, if these social justice pastors or leaders, quote-unquote pastors, leaders get their way, we are done for. They're, they're undermining not you and I. They're undermining God. And we're not Christian nationalists because we believe in the sovereignty of our nation, in borders and boundaries as God has set. We believe in protecting the rule of law, not being lawless as God has set, and ultimately trying to restore a Judeo-Christian foundation, not because we can legalize Christianity, because we need time to promote the worldview that gives us our freedoms. Thank you for joining us today. Join us again on the program next time. Go to tillproject.com. Support us. Donate, please. Pray for us. And we pray for you. We'll see you next time. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.